Welcome to At the Heart, Assistive and Inclusive Technology Stories. I'm your host, Hilary Goldthwaite Fowles. Today, I have Veronica Lewis with me, who I'm so excited is here today to talk about assistive technology and share her story. Veronica, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Veronica, um, who you are, what you do, and um, share your website, your blog, and um, what your goals are as a fellow assistive technology lover and user? I'd love to. Well, my name is Veronica Lewis, and I am a student at George Mason University in Virginia studying data science and assistive technology with a special interest in visual impairment. I also run the free website, Veronica with Four Eyes. Uh, The URL is V-E-R-O-N-I-I-I-I-C-A dot com. So literally, Veronica with Four Eyes. On Veronica with Four Eyes, I have over 550 different blog posts about topics related to low vision, assistive technology, education, design, and a lot of other topics that show that You can live an awesome life with visual impairment and be able to achieve whatever you want. Uh, My ultimate goal, though, is to be able to take over the world with assistive technology, uh, first by ensuring that everyone has access to the tools that they need to be able to do whatever they need or want to do, and then achieving world domination with large print screen readers. (laughs) I'm not sure which order I'll do it in. I love that. Um, So how... um what you talked a little about the assistive tech on large print. So tell us a little bit about what current assistive technology you use and how has that empowered you to have equitable access to um, curriculum materials and assessments? Well, you'll notice besides saying large print, I also said screen readers because I have a vision impairment that wildly fluctuates sometimes several times a day. So my access needs change a lot depending on things like eye fatigue, lighting in the room, and even things like allergens in the air. My eyes will swell shut if I'm around a lot of pollen. On a given day, I typically use large print across all of my favorite devices, such as my Windows computer, iPad, and Android phone. I have a large print keyboard and a couple of other large print input devices as well to help me. I use a screen reader to read longer Uh, Pages of text, I like to use Select-to-Speak or other on-demand screen readers because sometimes I can generally see the layout of a website and can navigate it with my mouse, but can't necessarily see the text that's in it. I also use a blindness cane whenever I am outside. I love my blindness canes. They help me so much with independence. And I also use a variety of other apps, uh, depending on the situation. So I use a lot of different Microsoft Office applications. I love Microsoft Seeing AI as well, as well as other visual assistants like Google Lens, Google Lookout, Ira, Be Specular, Be My Eyes. I use all sorts of different things. I love trying out new assistive technology and seeing what will work best for my needs. I think you, you said it so eloquently, Veronica, the importance of my assistive technology needs change as my visual needs change or as just your overall needs change that variability of you and having those supports when you need them and being able to shift 
as you are is really exemplifies that notion of variability. So with that, let's take a second and kind of think about your college classes and being a student. What assistive technologies do you use um, for you to access your college classes and how do they help empower you? So a lot of the assistive technology tools I use are screen mirroring so that I am able to see whatever my professor is showing on the board on my smaller device since I can't necessarily see what's on the board even from the front of the classroom because of the overhead lighting. I use a lot of tools like that. I have large print uh, activated in all of the different applications that I use in my classes. So whenever I'm writing code, it is in print that is large enough you could probably see it from 10 feet behind me. I also use some other devices like my iPad and things like that for taking notes and documenting information. Mm -hmm. Although, since a lot of my classes have materials posted online, it's fairly easy for me to turn those into accessible formats, whether it's using a screen reader to browse a website or just good old-fashioned copy and paste. Awesome. So you mentioned, too, like different applications and different, I've heard you say, Google, Microsoft, Apple. Would you say that you're platform independent or um, is there a reason why you have different platforms? Talk a little, Tell us a little bit more about that. So I definitely have my preferences for certain operating systems or platforms across certain devices. For example, I love my Android phone. I've been an Android user since 2009. Can't imagine using anything else. I love my iPad. It's I like it a lot better than the traditional Android tablets. And I love my Windows computer. But the thing is, all of these different applications are available across several different platforms. So I'm able to pull up my OneDrive on my computer and sing it across my devices or have a visual assistant on different devices that I'm using. I don't have to worry about not being able to access certain functionality just because I have a specific device with me. I definitely do have my preferences for technology, but overall, I'm probably pretty platform independent because I know that a lot of people have different technology needs than I do, and I want to be able to ensure that whatever I'm talking about on my website can be used by as many people as possible. Fantastic. And and make sure um, we'll, we'll put that link in our podcast description, too, to check out Veronica's website, and I'll have you share that again at the end. It's rich, full of information, and it's so easy to navigate and use, very practical. Um, it's just wonderful stuff, Veronica. So thank you for sharing that because it's so important that people who are using assistive technology, sharing their stories, helps to empower others who might be reluctant to use assistive technology. So with that, what would you give what pieces of advice would you give to someone who's maybe starting to explore different assistive technology options, but maybe reluctant to explore them? So one of the things that I think of with assistive technology is that you're not using it as a crutch. You're using it as sort of a pair of wings. For example, with my blindness cane, uh, when I was in high school, I assumed that only blindness canes were used by people who had no usable vision you had to read Braille before they would let you have a blindness cane, all sorts of very strange stereotypes. It's worth noting, by the way, that I never met another person with a visual impairment until I got to college. Well, anyway, before I started college, though, I 
was falling down a lot more. I was running into a lot of objects. I could not navigate my high school independently. I always had to have a human guide with me. And it was really hard for me to navigate an unfamiliar environment. After I was in an accident where I fell off a school bus and broke uh, my ankle in several places, and I also almost got hit by a Toyota Prius in front of my Department of the Blind case manager, uh, we decided it might be a good idea for me to start exploring a blindness cane. And at first I was very resistant because I'm like, no, I'm not totally blind. I don't need this. This cane, it's, I don't know. My vision's not that bad. Well, the thing is, I didn't know it at the time, but my vision was going to be changing as I went through college, and I would start relying on my cane more and more. I had always worried if I started using my cane, I had people around me tell me it might inspire me to be more visually impaired than I actually am, which was always a strange thing, but with the nature of my eye condition, my vision has changed over time, and because I had my blindness cane, and I had started using it fairly early on, in my vision changes, I'm able to navigate a lot better than I would have if I had to try and learn how to use my newly usable vision and how to use a blindness cane at the same time. To me, assistive technology and knowing how to use it is incredibly important because you might not think you need a certain device now or maybe a certain accommodation, but there may come a time when you need it in the future. And it's important to take the time to learn as many tools as you can and to have lots of options available, as opposed to wondering, well, this isn't going to work. What should I do now? I love that you said that, Veronica. That is just so spot on, the notion, too, of that options and, and the tool to task. So you have different tools that you use for different tasks. And that, I think, sometimes gets lost in that process that we're just looking at one option or one choice, but what if we gave several options or a couple of options and, and then you, know, you are empowered to make those decisions. You figured out what you needed and you know made it happen. And I think that that's wonderful. Um, on the flip side of that, have you ever been told in your experience that the tools and supports that you're using, particularly the assistive technology supports, are a form of cheating? And if so, how did you address that? Oh, yes. I've had lots of people who interpret assistive technology as being technology that assists me to have an unfair advantage over other students. I had that a lot of times, especially when going through public school, not so much in college, where people wouldn't understand the technology I was requesting to use or would think that when I was using my phone as a magnifying glass that I was secretly taking pictures of an exam or similar things. To me, one of the things that really helps to overcome that barrier of people thinking it's cheating is teaching people about the technology that you're using and being able to have a dialogue about how the technology is used to help others. I typically will talk to my professors at the beginning of the semester and show them some of the different tools I'll be bringing in the classroom for example, this is my phone. I use it to magnify things. I'm not texting in class most of the time. I'm not perfect, but this is what I'm using to help me with my education. Or here is a scanning pen that I use so I can easily read in text. I'm not just mindlessly underlining tools. I'm actually using it to be able to read text in larger print on my devices. So having those 
conversations about how assistive technology is used is really beneficial. Another thing I think that helps is being able to talk about disability as well. For example, every year there's always a couple of people who will walk up to me on my college campus and accuse me of faking my visual impairment because they're confused over why I'm holding a blindness cane in one hand and my phone another. Or another funny one was I had someone stop me because I was holding my blindness cane in one hand and an ice cream cone in the other. And they couldn't understand how I was able to balance those two objects at the same time because they had thought that all blind people used a guide dog or a specific white cane. And I was able to have a conversation with them about how blindness canes can look different for everybody. And you're able to use a phone with a lot of different assistive technology things. I actually wrote a Twitter thread about that about two years ago. And I actually use my phone a lot to help me navigate my college campus. So to me, education is one of the most powerful tools that one can use to change the world. And by having these conversations with people and being able to write my blog, I feel like I've helped a lot with spreading awareness about assistive technology and visual impairment, at least within my community. Fantastic. I remember when we were kind of pre-talking and, and getting this set up, you would share a story about a teacher that you had with large print and what he did for you. It wasn't a form of cheating, but he kind of flipped that. And how did that affect the whole class? Could you share that with us? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite stories to tell. Uh, in my geography class, I had to get large print for a lot of the different maps and tests and things like that. My teacher decided that instead of just giving me the special bold maps or large print, he would give them to the entire class. And he later told my parents in a meeting that everyone's grades went up. Like, everyone's grades had gone up dramatically because they had the larger print. And two students came in the next week wearing glasses. <laughs> so to us, it kind of highlighted how if one student is able to get these accommodations, they can benefit everybody. And it also sort of highlighted for us how many people might be going through school who are not diagnosed with a visual impairment or other print disability, which is why I use the phrase, I was the only student identified with low vision, because you don't know if the student who was frequently acting out in class secretly had a visual impairment that kept them from being able to see the board, or if the student that was consistently struggling to be able to read had to deal with dyslexia or something like that. So you never know what other students see. Looking at me, you might not necessarily think that I have a significant visual impairment, but that's what I have. Right. But that makes a part of who you are. It doesn't. And what I mean by that is the notion of disability is not a negative. It's not a bad connotation. It feels like sometimes in the abled sphere that to talk about disability or to speak about it, there's some sort of negativity around that. So how do you suggest or how are some ways that you have these conversations with with people in the abled community um, in order to make some change around those notions of equity and access? So it's worth noting that I didn't actually have a lot of these conversations with people until I was in college. When I was in middle and high school, I desperately wanted to pretend that my vision impairment didn't exist because I could see how it was frustrating for a lot of my teachers to get assignments in large print or 
for other students to see me run into them in the hallway because I didn't see them there. I saw a lot of those frustrations and I decided, okay, maybe I can just pretend I'm sighted. Maybe that would be a good idea. Well, it wasn't a good idea because it led to me having a lot of just anxiety about my vision impairment and constantly wondering, was I asking too much? Is asking for large print a bad thing? Like, am I asking for unrealistic expectations for my education? And, well, in my sophomore year of college, I started Veronica with four eyes. So the joke was that I no longer was hiding my visual impairment. It was going to be part of who I was in my advocacy work. And because of a lot of my attitude about being able to approach things from a point of educating others as opposed to criticizing them for what they are doing wrong, I've been able to make a lot of positive change that way. Now, I don't believe that everyone should be immune to criticism by any means, but I tend to approach a lot more educational issues instead of, hey, are you not enlarging my homework because you don't like me? Well, I'm not going to do my homework since you didn't enlarge it. That attitude gets you a zero. I learned that lesson several dozen times in high school because I felt if I didn't have something accessible for me, then I shouldn't do it at all. Now, in college, instead of just ignoring whatever I can't see, I point out, hey, uh, this print is really small. Do you think you would be able to read it to me? Or is it okay if I use my phone to magnify what this says? I promise I'm not going to take a picture. And I think being able to approach those situations has allowed me to talk about how I use assistive tech a lot more and to normalize using assistive technology for other students as well. Like, I had a friend who told me that they never felt confident using a blindness cane or a screen reader in their class until they had met me and saw me using these different devices and were like, hey, well, she can use them. I can use them too. Awesome. I think that's just sound advice and a wonderful way to approach advocacy um, kind of from an educational heart-centered place where it is a teachable moment um, that quote from Maya Angelou kind of comes to mind. You know what you know until you know better. And when you know better, you do better. And um, I think it's great that you approach it that way and are able to make quite an impact um, in such a short amount of time. Veronica, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience um, around assistive technology, around you, um, anything like that? So... One of the first things that comes to mind is that the future is accessible. Take the time to learn about assistive technology and how you can practice inclusion within your classroom and within other environments. And there will be so many wonderful benefits that will come from that as more and more students are able to learn things and be able to do things like go into higher education and attain meaningful employment. So that's one of the first things that comes to mind. Second thing is... Don't listen to my story and assume that you are unable to be your own Veronica with four eyes, or as one of my friends jokingly called it, a Veronica clone. So I never had a lot of assistive technology when I was uh, going through school. I didn't, I'd never even heard of the term assistive technology until I was a freshman in high school. It is never too late to start practicing these assistive technology skills and being able to see how they can help you in the future. Assistive technology 
has the power to change your life if you're willing to learn how to use it. And to me, it's a totally magical thing. I'm going to let that sit for a minute for everyone to let that soak in. I actually have a cool story about that, too, where I was working with, uh, I'm mentoring a younger student, and the student was expressing to me how they wished that they would be able to have their computer read things to them, or they wished that they would be able to look at a picture of a tiger up close. Well, we ended up playing this game called Veronica the Magician, basically, where she would tell me, I wish I was able to read this thing. And then I would be like, well, here's a screen reader, or here's how we can enlarge a 3D model, which was a recent post on my blog. And just exploring all these different ways that assistive technology could help the student with being able to do everything that they wanted. So not only were they included with their peers, but they were able to explore stuff on their own. To me, the assistive tech magician game is one of my favorite games to play because it's so fun seeing the reactions of other students or other people around me when I show that, yes, this thing that you thought was impossible, it's definitely possible. That's awesome. Veronica, um, can you tell us where people can find you, the name of your blog and your website again? And I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I just love what you're doing and you are definitely going to change the world for sure. Thank you so much. Uh, my website, again, is V-E-R-O-N-I-I-I-I-C-A.com. So literally the name Veronica spelled with four eyes. I also have a shortened URL for V, the number four, I-C-A.com for people who have trouble typing. I also am on Twitter. You can find me at Veron4Ica, so V-E-R-O-N, the number four, I-C-A. And I'm also on Pinterest with the same username. You can actually find me on several social media platforms with that username. But those are my two main platforms. Uh, if you ever want to talk more, feel free to send me an email, Veron4Ica at gmail.com. Send me a DM on Twitter. I'm always here if you have any questions about visual impairment or assistive technology. Yeah, if you have not checked Veronica's blog or site out or her social media feeds, please do so. You will learn so much, and the best learning comes from the user experience and sharing these stories. Veronica, thank you for sharing your story and helping to move the work of assistive technology forward and making it more inclusive and universally accessible. Thank you again for having me. Thank you, everyone. This is another episode of At the Heart, Assistive and Inclusive Technology Stories. You can find At the Heart episodes on buzzsprout.com under At the Heart, or you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just look for At the Heart and you will find us. Take care, everyone.